Hey there, Larry in Atlanta. Hope you're enjoying your Wednesday. It looks like you've got a mix of clouds today with temperatures hovering between 59 and 74 degrees. Perfect weather to catch up on the latest news. And we've got plenty to share with you today. Kicking things off, President Joe Biden secures the Democratic presidential primary win in Michigan, but not without facing a significant protest from within his own party over his support for Israel's war against Hamas in Gaza. Meanwhile, former President Donald Trump celebrates a commanding victory in the Republican primary, showcasing his continued influence over the party. I'm Jonathan Martin. And I'm Steve Onsker. Welcome to the Daily Squeeze from PocketPod News. In legal news, Bayer AG is making a bold move by appealing to the 11th U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals. They're challenging a ruling that they must face a lawsuit claiming their Roundup weed killer causes cancer, arguing that federal approval should preempt state law claims. And on the sports front, Quinion Mitchell is making waves as a world-class cornerback prospect for the 2024 NFL Draft. Known for his exceptional speed and defensive skills on the field, it's his humility and strong family values off the field that truly set him apart. With these stories unfolding, it's shaping up to be an interesting day in news. Stay with us. We've got all the details you need to stay informed. This message is brought to you by PocketPod. Say goodbye to one-size-fits-all podcasts and hello to a fully personalized listening experience with AI-crafted podcast made just for you. Head over to PocketPod.app to join the waitlist. The road to the White House runs through Michigan again, with both the Democratic and Republican presidential primaries revealing crucial insights. Indeed, President Joe Biden clinched the Democratic primary, but not without facing a wave of protest votes over his stance on Israel's ongoing conflict in Gaza. Meanwhile, former President Donald Trump sailed to victory in the Republican primary, underscoring his unwavering grip on the party. PocketPod News national political correspondent Don Gallup joins us to break down these results and what they could mean for the battleground state of Michigan as we edge closer to November's presidential election. Don, with Biden and Trump both eyeing Michigan, how are these primary outcomes shaping their strategies? Well, Jonathan, the primary results in Michigan are indeed setting a fascinating stage for the presidential race. Starting with the Democratic side, President Joe Biden's win was anticipated, but what caught many by surprise was the volume of protest votes, about 40,000 uncommitted ballots after just 31 percent of votes were counted. This is a clear signal of dissatisfaction from within his own party, particularly concerning his stance on Israel's actions in Gaza. That's a significant number of protest votes. Can you delve a bit deeper into why we're seeing this level of discontent among Democrats? Absolutely. The discontent stems largely from Biden's unwavering support for Israel amidst its conflict with Hamas and Gaza. Many in Michigan's Arab American community and progressive Democrats feel sidelined by this stance. The Listen to Michigan campaign has been pivotal here, rallying voters to express their dissatisfaction through these uncommitted votes with hopes of pushing an anti-war agenda at the Democratic National Convention. Turning to the Republican primary, how does Trump's victory play into his campaign strategy moving forward? Trump's win in Michigan underscores his enduring grip on the Republican Party, garnering 67 percent support against Nikki Haley's 28 percent with 32 percent of estimated votes counted isn't just a win. It's a demonstration of strength. It signals that despite controversies and division within the GOP nationally and within Michigan itself, Trump remains a formidable force. His focus now is undoubtedly on leveraging this victory to energize his base and frame himself as the inevitable choice for Republicans come November. 
And speaking of November, how do these primaries inform both parties' approaches in this crucial battleground state? Both parties are now acutely aware of their strengths and vulnerabilities. For Democrats, it's about balancing progressive demands with broader party unity, especially on foreign policy issues like Gaza, which could alienate key voter blocs if not addressed thoughtfully. For Republicans, it's capitalizing on Trump's popularity while navigating internal divisions that could impact voter turnout or swing undecided voters. The broader implication here is that both parties cannot take Michigan for granted. They need to fine-tune their strategies and messages to resonate with a diverse electorate that could swing either way in what promises to be a razor-thin margin come Election Day. Before I let you go, Don, any final thoughts on statements from Biden and Trump following these primaries? Yes, Jonathan. Biden focused on themes of democracy and participation in his statements, choosing not to directly address the Gaza situation or the protest votes, but emphasizing unity and engagement instead. Trump was more victory-oriented in his remarks, projecting confidence about winning big in November. Both are sticking to their narratives, but clearly have different battles ahead as they look towards Michigan and beyond. That was PocketPod News National Political Correspondent Don Gallup. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Jonathan. Always a pleasure to dive deep into these crucial political dynamics. Buyer AG is back in the spotlight and not for a new product release. Right. They're currently embroiled in legal battles over their Roundup weed killer. A particularly interesting case is happening in the 11th U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals involving a Georgia doctor who says Roundup caused his cancer. And Bayer's defense? They're leaning on a legal doctrine called preemption, arguing that federal approval of Roundup's label should shield them from state law claims. It's a complex case with wide implications, not just for buyer, but for how federal regulations intersect with state laws on product safety. To delve deeper into this, PocketPod News business correspondent Leah Haynes will join us to break down buyer strategy and what this means moving forward. Absolutely, Steve. Uh, Buyer AG's ongoing legal saga with its Roundup weed killer is indeed a multifaceted issue with far-reaching implications. At the heart of Buyer's defense strategy is the legal doctrine of preemption. This essentially means Buyer is arguing that because the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency, or EPA, approved Roundup's label without a cancer warning, federal law should preempt or take precedence over any state law claims that argue otherwise. That sounds like a strong legal argument. How effective has this been for buyers so far? Well, it's a contentious point. The recent case involving Georgia Dr. David Carson has brought this argument into sharp focus. Carson alleges that Roundup caused his malignant fibrous histiocytoma after using it for 30 years. His case saw new life when an 11th Circuit panel revived it in July 2022 and again in February 2023 after reconsideration. This suggests that at least some courts are willing to entertain the idea that state law claims may have merit despite federal approval. So what you're saying is there's a bit of a tug of war between federal and state jurisdiction here. Exactly, Steve. It's a legal tussle that goes beyond just the specifics of Carson's case or even Roundup itself. It touches on broader issues about how much sway federal regulatory decisions hold over state law claims regarding product safety. And how has this ongoing litigation affected Bayer financially? Since acquiring Monsanto in 2018 for $63 billion, Bayer has faced over 50,000 claims related to Roundup and agreed to settle most pending claims in 2020 for up to $10.9 billion. 
But despite these settlements and winning 10 out of the last 16 trials over Roundup, some jury verdicts against Bayer have exceeded $4 billion since October of an unspecified year. These high-profile losses and substantial jury verdicts have understandably raised eyebrows among investors and have led to questions about Bayer's overall legal strategy and its financial implications. With all these challenges, what could be the potential long-term impacts on Bayer? Beyond the immediate financial strain from settlements and jury verdicts, there's also the matter of public perception and investor confidence in Bayer AG. These legal battles put considerable pressure on both fronts. Investors in particular are watching closely to see how effectively Bayer can navigate through these lawsuits while minimizing financial damage and safeguarding its reputation. It certainly seems like a delicate balancing act for Bayer moving forward. Absolutely, Steve. And as we continue to monitor this situation, it will be interesting to see how both the legal arguments around preemption evolve and how Bayer adjusts its strategies in response to ongoing litigation and investor concerns. That was PocketPod News Business Correspondent Leah Haynes. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me, Steve. With the NFL draft right around the corner, there's one name that's been on everyone's lips. That's right, Quinion Mitchell from Toledo. Not only is he known for his lightning speed on the field, but also for his remarkable character off it. Raised in Williston, Florida by his mother and grandmother, Mitchell's journey is a testament to the power of family values and resilience. Despite attracting attention from major schools and lucrative NIL deals, he stayed loyal to Toledo, a decision that speaks volumes. And on the field, his stats are just as impressive, defending more passes than any other defensive back over two years and being projected as a top defender for the 2024 draft. It's not just about speed. It's about strategy and heart. PocketPod sports reporter Dennis Akers joins us today to dive deeper into Mitchell's story. Dennis, what makes Mitchell stand out, not just as an athlete, but as a person? Jonathan, what truly sets Quinion Mitchell apart is the remarkable blend of his on-field excellence and off-field character. Raised in Williston, Florida by a supportive family, Mitchell's upbringing under the guidance of his mother, Mashona Solomon, and grandmother, Marilyn Johnson, has deeply ingrained values of honesty, respectfulness, and kindness in him. Despite his world-class speed on the football field and a polite demeanor off it, Mitchell remains humble and grounded, a testament to his upbringing. It's fascinating how his family's influence extends beyond personal traits, into significant life decisions. Can you expand on how this shaped his football career? Um, absolutely. One pivotal moment was after a breakout season in 2022 when Mitchell received uh, offers from high major schools along with lucrative NIL deals from SEC schools, yet he chose to stay loyal to Toledo. This decision wasn't just about loyalty. It reflected the values instilled in him by his mother and grandmother. Opting to stay at Toledo despite other offers showcases not just Mitchell's integrity, but also his gratitude towards those who believed in him early on. Speaking of football achievements, what highlights from Mitchell's college career have caught the attention of NFL scouts? Jonathan, uh, over two years at Toledo, Mitchell has been nothing short of spectacular on the field. He defended more passes than any other defensive back in college football um, during that time, 44 passes over two years to be precise, and had an unforgettable game against Northern Illinois with four interceptions. His speed is also noteworthy. He's been clock-topping 23 miles per hour on GPS tracking devices. 
These feats have not only solidified his reputation as a top defender for the 2024 NFL draft, but also made him one of Toledo's most promising prospects in 30 years. That's quite impressive. How has this journey impacted his outlook towards potential professional advancement? Mitchell's journey is um, emblematic of resilience and humility shaped by strong family values. His performance speaks volumes, you know, breaking up 37 passes over, over two seasons and positions him as one of the top prospects for the NFL draft. But beyond athleticism, it's his character strength that truly differentiates him. This narrative sheds light on how integral personal integrity and loyalty are, not just talent in defining success both on and off the field. Before we wrap up, Dennis, could you reflect on what Mitchell's story signifies for young athletes aspiring to reach such heights? Um, for young athletes looking up to figures like Quinion Mitchell, his story offers a powerful lesson. Success is multifaceted. It isn't solely about physical prowess or talent, but also about character development and staying true to one's values, even in face of tempting opportunities. His loyalty to Toledo amidst offers from bigger schools speaks volumes about prioritizing long-term relationships over short-term gains, a perspective that could inspire many young athletes navigating their paths. Thank you for those insights today. Thanks for having me, Jonathan. And that's The Daily Squeeze for Wednesday, February 28th, 2024. I'm Jonathan Martin. And I'm Steve Onsker. Thank you for listening, Larry. We hope you have a good day and we will see you tomorrow. This podcast was created by PocketPod entirely with AI. If you'd like to learn more, head over to pocketpod.app.